0: Part 2, Chapter 6 The next morning, Ben woke early and ambled into Tom's room. He found his brother sitting on the side of his bed, looking somewhat groggy. Did you just wake up? asked Ben. Yeah, I had a terrible night. I couldn't sleep. Neither could I. I guess we're excited about today and being with the professor. Let's see if Lindy is awake. They went to Lindy's room and cautiously opened the door. Her bed was empty and the covers were in disarray. I guess she couldn't sleep either, said Tom with a yawn. Ben walked to the open closet and picked up Lindy's pajamas from the floor. His eyes scanned the rack of clothes. Do you know her blue slacks aren't here? Neither is her cloak. Her shoes are gone, too. What did she get dressed for? Tom scratched his head. She never dresses until after breakfast. After a thorough search of the house, the boys were more puzzled than ever. Ben said, You know, I've got a feeling something's wrong. Maybe she went over to the professor's house, suggested Tom. At seven in the morning, the boys looked at each other. Suddenly, Ben said, I think we should call him. What if we wake him up? Then it means that Lindy isn't with him or she hasn't reached him. Either way, we ought to check. As As Ben dialed the number, Tom said, Boy, if she's there, I'm really going to tell her off. What a stupid thing to do. The professor's voice came over the phone and Ben spoke hurriedly. Hello, professor. This is Ben. I'm sorry to bother you. I hope I didn't wake you. Um, have you seen Lindy? I mean, is she with you? We can't find her, and we thought that, the professor interrupted. I know, Ben, I know. I was just about to phone you. Ben detected an anxious quality in the professor's voice. Lindy isn't with me, but I know where she is. Don't ask questions now. I'll explain when I see you. It's imperative that you come over right away. What about Ethel? What should I tell her? Say that I invited you over for a very very early breakfast. Be careful and get out of the house before she realizes Lindy isn't with you. Don't panic now, but hurry. A half hour later, the boys jumped off their bicycles and ran up the steps to the fr- to the professor's front door. He was waiting for them. His face pale and angry looking. You got here quickly. Come with me. Where's Lindy? Ben asked as they followed him into the house. She's in Wang Doodle Land. What? You're kidding! I'm afraid I'm not kidding, the professor said bitterly. He strode up and down the room. That miserable proc. That cunning, devious demon. Apparently, late last night, Lindy received a visit from a creature called the High Behind Splinter Cat. A devastating animal, seductive and as smooth-talking as you please. She must have had her sympathetic hat with her. She did, interrupted Tom. She showed it to us last night. Yes, well... I only discovered it was missing this morning. She must have forgotten to give it to me, or maybe the proc stole it. How do you know all this? asked Ben. I had a visit from the proc just before you telephoned. That smug devil was so pleased with himself, I could cheerfully have punched him in the nose. The thing that makes me angriest of all is that if I had an ounce of sense yesterday, I'd have realized what the proc was up to. What do you mean? Tom was puzzled. Well, the whole journey in the jolly boat, the wonderful afternoon, and the fun we had was all designed to lull us into a false sense of security. Lindy had such a good time that she completely forgot her fears. By the time the splinter cat finished his charming act, Lindy was more than willing to go with him. Now I understand what the Whiffle bird was trying to tell us. We were being taken for a ride, and I was just too stupid to see that it was all part of the proc's evil plan. Ben was furious. You know, kidnapping is a crime. ''What are they going to do with Lindy?'' Tom asked with concern. ''She must be really scared.'' ''I don't think so,'' said the professor. ''The proc informed me that she is happy and will be well taken care of. He will release her when I promise, on my honor, to give up trying to reach the Wangdoodle. I have until tomorrow morning to give him my decision. Of course, I will agree to his terms.'' ''You mean we have to give up the whole adventure?'' Ben said in a horrified voice. ''I'm afraid so.'' But why, cried Tom, why not just call the procs bluff? I'm sure he wouldn't do anything to hurt Lindy. You said yourself that all creatures in land are peace-loving. Yes, Tom, but I sense that the proc's getting desperate. Remember, he feels that land is in great danger. With so much at stake, he might not harm Lindy, but he could keep her there indefinitely. But there must be something we can do, said Tom desperately. It just turns me inside out to think that the proc is one, and we'll never get to see the Wangdoodle. Wait a minute. Ben looked up suddenly. "'You don't have to give the proc an answer before tomorrow, right, Professor?' "'That's right. "'Then why don't we just go and try to rescue Lindy now, while we've still got time?' "'What a great idea,' Tom said excitedly. "'We could sneak in and get her out of Land before the proc knew anything about it. "'He'd never expect us to do something like that.' "'Hold on, hold on,' the professor said. "'I'm not sure that's wise. The "'The proc could capture us, too. "'Then where would we be?' It is a risk, agreed Ben, but we could be extra careful. I'll bet the whiffle bird will help us. Oh, go on, Professor, say we can do it, urged Tom. This is the one chance we have to put things right. Then we could still try to see the Wangdoodle if we wanted to. Well, I must say, I do hate to give up the experiment, the Professor wavered. We can't give up now, after all our hard work. You know Wang Doodalai better than anyone, Ben said. You could take us to find Lindy. I know you could. Please say yes. Ben was pleading. The professor walked to the French windows and gazed out across the lawn. After what seemed like an eternity, he said very quietly, Very well. We will try it. Perhaps we will be lucky and find Lindy before anyone finds us. He turned to the boys. I shall phone your house and speak to Ethel. I will tell her that we've planned an excursion. "'Tom said. She won't mind that. Mom told her that we'd be spending a lot of time with you. "'Good. But on second thought, it might be better to tell her we'll be gone for a few days. "'That way, if something unexpected happens and we're delayed, she won't worry. "'If she thinks we'll be gone a few days, she'll expect us to take some clean clothes,' Ben pointed out. "'That's using your head,' replied the professor. "'You'd better go back home and pick up some things. Get something for Lindy, too.' I'll have Mrs. Primrose prepare us a good hot brek- breakfast before we leave. It could be the last meal we'll get for a while. Now let's hurry. Wang Doodle Land is a large country, and we don't know where Lindy is. We haven't a moment to lose. Lindy was beginning to feel anxious. It seemed as if she had been walking for hours. Dear friend, are you getting weary? The splinter cat asked. Would you like a ride? Before Lindy could answer, the cat's tail encircled her waist, lifted her high into the air, and deposited her gently on his back. There. Now isn't that nice? Much more fun, too. Lindy had to admit that sitting on the splinter cat's back was much better than walking, even though she had a tendency to slide forward since the cat's behind was so much higher than his front. But she soon made herself comfortable by hooking one arm under the cat's tail and tucking one leg under herself. A brilliant sun came up over the horizon, bathing everything in a soft pink glow. The spring-like air carried tantalizing aromas of popcorn and cinnamon toast that wafted past Lindy's nostrils, reminding her that she was rather hungry. She knew instinctively the smells were coming from the unusual shrubs and bushes so abundant in this area. She made a mental note to tell the professor about it when she saw him. They came to the bottom of a big mountain. Hold on tight now, said the splinter cat, and he began to climb. Sure-footedly, he moved up the almost vertical face of the rock. This is where my long back legs become very useful. They make going up mountains so easy. Lindy shuddered to think of what would happen if she fell off the splinter cat's back. She took a firmer grip on his tail and told herself not to be afraid. They reached a wide plateau. There were boulders and rocks lying as if giant a giant hand had scattered them about the landscape. There were trees, too, short, scrubby ones that were shiny black like paddened leather, and larger ones with generous branches and bright melon-yellow leaves and clusters. Now are you ready for a surprise, said the Splinter cat, lowering Lindy gently to the ground. She followed the cat into a small grove where he pointed and said proudly, There it is. Home, sweet home. Lindy saw a big lollipop-shaped structure, which looked as if it were made of something soft and furry. At a second glance, she saw that it was a tree which was completely covered with colored colored yarn, laced and interlaced in such a way that the structure was strong and durable. Come and see inside, purred the splinter cat. He sprang across the clearing and leaped into the tree, disappearing from view. Don't leave me. Please don't leave me, cried Lindy. Just a minute. Just a minute. The cat's head appeared through the skeins of wool and grinned at her. Then he withdrew and reappeared higher up, eyes shining mischievously. I'm sending down some stairs. A rope ladder tumbled out of the tree. It swung invitingly beside her. Come on up, called the cat. Lindy placed a foot carefully on the first rung and climbed until she found herself in an amazing and ingeniously built room. It was like the inside of a cocoon. The floor, walls, and ceiling were a continuous curve of geometrically woven yarn in rainbow colors. Yellow leaves on the tree pushed through the weaving, and the room looked as if it were sprigged with flowers. The bottom of the cocoon was low slung, like a hammock, and it held a large, luxurious pillow. It was easily as big as a bed, and it was made of silk and satin patchwork squares. It had a beautiful orange tassel at each corner. Come and sit by me, the splinter cat patted in the middle of his bed and settled down. Hmm, it is good to be home. He held a large, out he held out a large box of delicious-looking candies. Have some wodge. Lindy was very hungry. She gratefully took one of the candies. It tasted of marzipan and honey and sweet caraway seeds. What are these? They're terrific, she said, taking another one. They're the Wangdoodle's favorite food, grinned the splinter, grinned the splinter cat. He has a very sweet tooth, you know. Lindy ate six more pieces of candy and felt a lot better. Well, how do you like my pad? The cat gazed at her and his tail brushed softly across her forehead she blinked sleepily her eyelids felt heavy i think she said yawning that is the loveliest and the most beautiful place that i had ever seen a great drowsiness overcame her she lay back and gazed up at the dome ceiling where patches of persimmon colored sky showed through the latticework of wool The sun shone on the yellow leaves and they caught the light and sent reflections dancing around the room. A breeze stirred the tree. Lindy felt herself being rocked. She slipped down, down, down into the warmth and luxury of welcome sleep.